Previously on Belgravia, the Reverend Stephen Balassus fell on some hard times because of gambling debt. When his brother, the Earl of Brockenhurst, wouldn't pay, he turned to his son, John Balassus, to help him get out of it. Now, they decided to use this mystery around Charles Pope to try to stir up some money from the Trenchards in, in hope of blackmailing them in the future. Meanwhile, Susan Trenchard was having an affair with John Balassus. So, this is all going on at the same time. Meanwhile, John Balassus' future fiance, Mariah Gray, is hitting it off with the mystery man Charles Pope. So, all of these worlds are really coming at each other at warp speed in Belgravia. So, let's see how things go this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. On the back half of Belgravia, episode four. What's going on, Corey? Not much, Dave. Not much at all. It's it's you know it's been a slow su- summer, but uh, that's fine. The weather's cooling down. I'm I'm just uh, yeah, I'm just living life, man. How about you? That's exactly the same. Enjoying this break of the humidity. Yeah. Uh, but things that haven't let up, the actor strike is still going on. So. Before you even ask, Dave, if you're wondering if there's anything going on in the world of Gilded Age <laughs> or Downton or anything, I got nothing. They still haven't officially announced the September 11th premiere date either, have they? For Gilded Age. Gilded Age, uh, yeah. That's the only thing that we would be looking forward to. On September 11th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, um, no, and you wonder too, if the actors can't promote it, would they actually push it back? But... I don't know, their hands are tied with these streaming platforms where they have to have content continuously coming out there. So it's still very much wait and see. Um, the only thing I can give you in terms of any updates on anything is that there is a official coloring book for Bridgerton coming out in October. Oh, great. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's news, I <laughs> there guess. There you go. I did see the Downton one in the wild, and I almost bought it. There's a coloring book for Downton? Yeah, I mean, remember like five years ago when adult coloring books were like very popular for a year yeah when they, everyone got them for christmas from their mom or dad or aunts or uncles and it's like oh cool mm-hmm. and then you maybe did one and left it maybe we should do yeah, like the lords I, of grantham coloring book we should color in you know baits and all of them <laughs> just uh patreon content is mail people our coloring it's like the ultimate put it with a magnet yeah. on the fridge if you want our art on your fridge let us know We'll we'll, pay, we'll we'll color them whatever color you want us to color them, you know. Yep, we don't see color here. No. <laughs> if you want John Bates to look brown, he'll look brown. If you want Robert Grantham to look yellow, we can make him look yellow. Yeah. If you want Lady Mary to be a blonde, we'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell us, and we'll 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 color it. Okay, I think we're killing enough time. Last week we ran a little long. I feel like there's a lot to get to this week on, on Belgravia. Right, Dave? This is a busy week, but I feel like I, I, it all ties together in such a... Like, this it, This is the ultimate, like, Julian playing the hand of, like, it's a small world. Everything mm-hmm. ties together, which I think is something that he doesn't always handle well. And we'll get to it yeah. as we discuss, but I do think he does a great job of making every, like, 
string connected to multiple people and like people are there's everyone has a relationship with everyone which i like yeah. so we can just jump into that yeah it's starting to come together uh you know i was reading some book reviews of the belgravia book and pretty much all the reviews were consistent saying like well if you like down you'll like this <laughs> okay um there wasn't many, many critiques of it they were just like it is exactly what you think it is and i feel like in a lot of ways belgravia is that uh and i i, I this week, I think, was a better balance of, like, it wasn't too heavy. It was mm-hmm. just like, you know, there's just a lot of good stuff going on upstairs and downstairs. I think the downstairs is finally caught up to speed in terms of something interesting, at least. Yeah, something. yeah. Well, I think tying the up, the downstairs to the upstairs is very mm-hmm. helpful in the season one here. Of- well, I mean, it wasn't even planned to be multiple seasons. It's just a book yeah, that was adapted yeah. to a show. So, like, it doesn't even, yeah, it's just coming together. So where do we want to start? We can start at the beginning, I guess. Do we want to talk about... I mean, mm-hmm. it all... It really... It, I feel like we're going to have a tough time doing this plot by plot. So I think we can just start at the beginning and see where our, our tangents take us. Uh-huh. So we see our boy, the Reverend, and John mm-hmm. are going through a shady part of town to meet this uh, Emil Tomaszewski fellow. Tomaszewski, yeah. And... and- this is, the, I think, the person that John referred to last week as if he'll have the money for you, but then you have to pay a, a fee of 50% on top mm-hmm. of yeah, what they Yeah, he's the money man. Right. And this guy essentially laughs them out of the room. <laughs> you know, Stephen's reminding him, well, you know, if the uncle dies, I'll inherit all this money. And, or, you know, my brother, if he dies, I get all this money. And, and his question, Mr. Tomaszewski, is when will the loan be repaid? Uh-huh. You're slow to pay. We we know you're not really good for your money. And he says, uh, if, if so, you if if we wait for your brother to die, the, by the interest mm-hmm. with the interest charge, it's going to be greater than the national debt where you owe me. So why yeah, would I give it's you money? Severe. And he's well aware that you know you're addicted to a habit that you can't afford. Everyone knows this guy's a gambler. Who's just? I mean, he's just a sucker. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that come up a lot in this episode where he he doesn't exactly know how to handle himself under pressure. Mm -hmm. Not at all. And this is like an episode that's really all about the money because in the next scene we have Turton talking to Ellis and they're pretty much scheming uh, on, you know, how can they get some information to then have uh, John Belasis pay them some money. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, the, the idea here is that just as long as they keep Microdosing him some uh, some information, he'll keep paying him. Yeah. Now uh, that th- this this is one thing where I think this is Julian throwing us a curveball, and we talked about mm-hmm. it a little bit last week, where the 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 bulk or you know the the core downstairs characters don't care about snitching and and reporting information for money. Un, you know, unlike no. Mr. Carson or even our Gilded Age. Or not Gilded Age. Yeah, Gilded Age, sorry. Our Gilded Age mm-hmm. staff are very on the team of the families. Whereas here, you know, Turton and, and Ellis are like, give them a little bit of info. And they're not even like, make up lies and give them lies. They're like, we will do some dirty work for you. And it's not even like either that the downstairs are aligned either. They're, it's every man for themselves, which just feels a little bit more realistic considering you know the times it wasn't like a always a family unit there it's like no i'm gonna get my money this is just a job mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll see you later 
so yeah, they're very much present in moving the plot along. Um, Do we want to talk while we're there, talking about this about Ellis going over to the Brockenhurst house? Go for it, Dave. So we see early in the episode that Ellis, you know, uh, Turton basically sends Ellis off to go meet with John Belasis for his for her first little penny or however much he's paying mm-hmm. her. And then I believe it's uh, John is tells her in in no other words, like, if you got to get into the Brockenhurst house, find out a way and, and talk to those people yeah. because you staff people should have camaraderie between you. Mm-hmm. So she goes yep. and she says, and this is after Anne pops over to visit, uh, drop in on Lady Brockenhurst, which we'll talk about later. So Anne has been at the mm-hmm. house and our girl Alice goes over and says, hey, I think my 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 boss lady left her fan here. And this guy's like, I don't think so. And she's like, well, can I talk to the maid? I really want to know. And she starts talking to this maid about... Miss Dawson. Miss Dawson, she says, she's just basically coming up with BS to stay there. I loved what you did to Lady Brockenhurst's hair. You got to show me how to do it. Hey, can you bring me upstairs and show me this little prong or whatever it is that you have, this device? Tongs. Tongs, yeah, sorry. I was close. And mm-hmm. they're upstairs and they're looking around. Nellis is just looking for stuff and Dawson's not giving her anything. And then it gets to the point where Alice is clearly just snooping. Who's in this picture? Who's that? Who's this? Who's that? And you think she might be hovering over some sort of answer, some sort of revelation when she sees the picture of their son who passed away. Yeah. Yeah. But Dawson gets her out of there before she can connect the dots. Right. Because uh, she starts to talk about, um, what was it? Oh, yeah. You know, the mister, she loves the party. And this Mr. Pope character has been showing up. He's popular and charming. Uh, oh, and, and, and then Ellis, Ellis is like, she's, he's El- handsome. And she goes, what does right. I have to do with anything? Y- yeah. Uh, Miss Dawson's attitude turns on a dime, which I, the way I think she's reading it is, oh, is Miss Ellis suggesting that uh, Brockenhurst has something to do with this Pope? Is he like a little entertainer for her or something? Because her attitude turns on a dime. She won't even give the woman a handshake at the end of it. It's like, you can leave now. Bye. Yeah, because on her way out, Ellis sees like some other piece of art, and she like leans back, and Ellis is like, "Get!" or, or Dawson's like, "Get out of my house! Let's go! Let's move!" But it's kind of—it seems a bit strong reaction because to me, it didn't seem like Ellis was suggesting all that much with what she was saying there. Miss Dawson just is a little up to do, I think. Um, she's doing her job. <laughs> whatever. I guess she shouldn't have let her in there if she was doing her job, but she's. Yeah, whatever. But I, I do think this is kind of where we see the the difference in in loyalty between these houses. Where right, the Brockenhurst house they probably pay better. They're probably I don't want to say they're nicer because they're richer, but they might be nicer. But we know like Lady Brockenhurst mm-hmm. and the Earl have dealt with family trauma with this uh, the passing of their son, and and there's all this stuff going on and. It seems like they're more loyal to them, and it's like as soon as you start trying to muddy the water and gossip, it's like get out of here. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Do we want to keep going on this line of the the help? Sure, sure. Uh, wow. What what else? Uh, well, I think it's like not till. I'm uh, forgive me if I'm skipping over anything, but it's like later in the episode. Where Turton overhears um, 
uh, Lady Trenchard is saying that, you know, if we have to move or, or you know, go somewhere else, you can you can get rid of Spear. We don't we don't need her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And we also do see that prior to that, Lady Brockenhurst uh, picks up Anne in, a, in her carriage and she goes, hey, I'm sorry to hear you lost your fan. Mm-hmm. And Anne is like, excuse me, my fan? I didn't lose nothing. And then she starts nope. putting the pieces together like, uh-oh, there's something going on with my people. They're scheming. They're plotting. Uh, but yeah, Spear is saying, like, I'm indispensable. They need me because I, I can do certain things that no one else can. And Turton says, I don't want to be so sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> Ellis is very much O'Brien to the point yeah. where she's Irish. You know, like, <laughs> they're really... Leaning in heavy on the trope here, where she's she's convinced to do bad things, but she she feels upset when when her superiors and her the people she works for kind of say even the slightest negative thing about her, she gets defensive. Are we talking about Spear or Ellis? Or Ellis, sorry, Spear. yeah, Ellis is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Spear because that's who we told that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Ellis is the one. That then you are talking about Spear. I think they're kind of similar. Alice they're, is, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, Spear, Spear is the one that has the O'Brien. The, she's Irish, yes. I mean, I'm talking about Spear. I apologize to our listeners. Gosh, <laughs> darn it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but I, I do, because the thing is, Ellis, I think, is working in cahoots a little bit more with Turton, where Spear is doing her own thing, and they're both trying to get ahead. Um, but we, I do like these back and forth with, with John Belasis where they're meeting outside exchanging information and at the end of the episode Turton is egging John to say like I'll get more information you just gotta give me 20 pounds mm-hmm. and John reasons that seems like a lot of money but Turton says well you're asking me to do something illegal here so you better make it worth my while yeah because uh, otherwise I will not carry it out for you I like that you and, could be tried for treason against your boss and in, in the in the 1800s but I guess it is kind of like insider secret trading. It, it's surprisingly modern. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're just draining John Blasses of money as they scratch for information. It, it seems like they're getting close to some kind of answer. It seems like everyone's getting close to some kind of answer. Um, yeah, we're circling it. It's like no one, said, you know, no one said it out loud, but we're circling it. it. In some ways, do you think Julian overshot the narrative here at least for the show in terms of revealing early on who John Pope is because part of me is just sitting here kind of like come on y'all <laughs> it's it's right staring you right in the face uh and it, maybe it's helpful that it's six episodes so we won't have to wait too long for them to get the answer uh-huh. but I feel like there could have been some intrigue drawn out of like what is John Pope's deal Charles what, why why does what's his name what? you gotta get his name right first. Jesus <laughs> I know weeks of the show now. Charles Pope, uh, they they could have drawn out I think a little bit of intrigue of like what's this guy's deal, and and, and like maybe because it still would have made sense if they did that reveal like oh yeah you know it's the daughter and son or he's the son of uh, Sophia and um, this other guy's yeah <laughs> I, I, I feel like I think they what they did well was the Lady Brockenhurst man of it all like that a couple episodes yeah. when they were like. Discussing it, and then she starts bringing him around. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone being up in arms about who is this guy and why is he so knee deep in our lives so quickly, that could have been slow played yeah. a little more. 
Yeah, because we're, we're just, I feel like just watching people spin their wheels. And, like, it's fun to an extent, except you just kind of want to get to the next step of, like, okay, find it out already. Mm-hmm. But it, I do like that you you see how the help uses John Blasts to kind of get some money out of him. Oh, yeah. Um, and I start to get the feeling, too, because the way John, John keeps emphasizing it could be worth a fortune, that the help is sooner to use the information for themselves to get their own fortune than they are to give that information over the, to John or they get the fortune then they hand it over to John Belasis to get even more money. And, and I'm also confused about John Belasis and the, his whole, like, this could be worth a fortune. Meanwhile, he's trying to bail his dad out of a thousand, two thousand pound mm-hmm. debt. Well, I think the idea would be that he gets enough money that it covers that and, and then whatever some, he needs. They yeah. really think there's some dirt. Uh, little does he know it's going to directly affect him when that information comes out. Right, he's going to need every dime. I mean, really, what it's going to turn into? Sorry, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're fantasy, but it's going to be it's going to be something where John Belasis would be wise to just not let the secret get out, so he can inher- have his inheritance one day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it won't help him at all. Uh, and then he probably ends up actually paying the help more to keep that secret secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we well, see he's not hurting for money. His father is like he's he's always done up nice. Yeah. So where do we go from here? While we're talking about John Belasis, do we want to jump over to Susan Trenchard? Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean that to come out so deep. That's a big gulp of water. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just thought of Susan there for a moment. It was whew. Uh, but at the same, while we're talking about John Belasis paying people off, Susan seems very content, just absolutely being his gopher in this episode. Well, he, he asked her to get some information, too. He's using all his connections. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, you, you got to go to Glanville with this family. Yeah, we heard you, about Glanville you, last you, week where I believe it's Ellis likes going to Glanville. Yeah. So she says, but, you got to go and you need to buddy up to your mother-in-law. You know, he, he, Get some information. Yeah, you probably love your mother-in-law. You got to hang out with her. You got to walk the walk. Find out who this Pope fella is and come back to me. Yep. And I feel like this is this the big problem, and I think with this episode in particular, is that no one finds anything. It's a lot of people doing things, but not a lot of results. No. And like I don't even think we see Susan get that much closer to any information other than like, oh yeah, the the trenchards are very interested in this guy too. Yeah, it's like yeah. The whole world Loves the Pope. And honestly, I mean, she gets a... She hangs out with Trenchard. We don't necessarily see her get closer. Yeah, we don't see her pry for any information that we don't already know. And we don't see her endear herself to Anne to the point that if next episode Anne is like, Susan, you're my daughter. I love you. Like, you're my biological daughter and I really just got to get this off my chest. No, there's none Mm. of that. There's just like these two people acting like uptight rich people in the 1800s like there's no yeah but i mean there is a little there's a little more advancement from old susan that we called last week yeah so spear is like oh i uh i haven't changed your rags for a few days because i guess back in the day they had to use rags uh for for their sanitary products yeah and And, uh you're a couple days late and she goes a couple enough to know Susan hasn't even realized that she's she's missed it. She's just been living the good life so long, and she's like, "It's not possible." I mean, she's Could still making be? appointments Maybe. to see old 
Johnny, Johnny. boy. Uh, so yeah, it looks like she's finna to be pregnant. And uh, next time she sees John and he's she's relaying that information, he's like, what's going on with you? Why, why are you so kind of like, you know... Yeah, there's a lot reserved. of why are you so glum this episode? What why you look like you're thinking about something else? And all these characters are thinking of other more important things to them, and this is certainly yeah. something more important to Susan. And I do like that Spear says, Well, you gotta go you gotta go get Mr. Oliver in the mood and get it get it going now so you can have some alibi when this baby comes about. I know. She's already suggesting, like, you know, I know you got up to something somewhere else, so you and, better get on top of this other guy. And Susan's like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, so what, uh, that, that's pretty much Susan for this episode, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just hop over to Oliver, because we just see more of him being a sad sack this episode. His father openly commenting on him being a spoiled child. Uh, lack, of a, he, he, lack of initiative. Uh-huh. And he's like, how come, he you, openly, how come you don't like my projects, Dad? And it's like, well, because Pope is smart, and Pope is actually doing things yeah he can't stand this pope character he can't understand why everyone's fascinated with him openly hates him uh and that's his he nephew. does like glanville that's his though. nephew he doesn't know that though yeah well he's like how come you don't take that's... me out to lunch and and pops is yeah. like because you're like all you want to do is talk about this one project that you haven't even gotten off the ground yet dude like you're living under my dime still and mm-hmm. your father-in-law's dime. Why don't you do something? But then it, he does enjoy his time in Glanville. He's like, why can't I just live in Glanville and be a, a happy bum for the rest of my life? Yeah. It's kind of ironic that his favorite place to be is one that everyone says is just kind of the worst place to stay at. It's cold. It's miserable there. Uh, but he he's into it. Mm-hmm. But I think it is kind of a, a funny twist that not only is this guy a loser... They're kind of maybe subtly suggesting he can't get it up for his wife. <laughs> he can't get it done. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that would definitely explain his inability to produce an offspring if there's something genetic going on with him, if he has ED or something. It's something, because this guy, man, he is a failure. What a loser. Yeah, you'd think maybe the, uh, the allure of his wife throwing him a bone would, would get him working a little bit. Well, he needs to throw her a bone. That's the problem. Well, when, when Spear says go, you know... Get him in the mood. Spears like, nah, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Can't do it. Won't do it. <laughs> uh, but I, I do, I do like the actor as Oliver. He really doesn't body like a petulant child. It really sells me on it. Yeah. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all we get for Oliver. Yeah. Do we want to jump over to uh, Mariah Gray? Sure. Her mom is not thrilled with her. There's all this Mm -hmm. talk about you got to marry, you got to marry John Belasis. John Belasis. You got to do it. You have to do it. And Mariah's like, I don't like him that much. Like, why do I have to marry him for status? And she's like, this is going to be the best decision you're ever going to make. Our whole family's life is going to change. It's my duty as your mother to make him marry. Or make mm-hmm. you, you know, like you have to marry this guy, or you're, you're nothing to me. Yeah, I, and it's a thing where they paint it so John isn't an openly antagonistic character to Mariah, 
it's just clear that he's not the right match for her. Uh-huh. She's just not interested. Um, the mother doesn't care though. She invites him over, and you know, works to have them alone together to to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And, and Mar- just Mariah's like, "I'm gonna go play the piano. I'm gonna yep. go step over here and play a little little jam or two while you, you know, you do you." Clearly, we're not not a good match. No. But I, I'm just a little curious why Belasis is so opposed to her. Because he seems... I don't think he's opposed to her. He just likes to get around. He's a hog. Yeah, but why, you know, like, with all due respect to, to Susan, she's a, a pretty woman. But mm-hmm. Mariah Gray is like, you know, a young, very pretty status, like... Belasis, if you want to be a dog, you could be a dog. But if you know, you could be the king dog if you marry this beautiful woman who has a position in society. I it just sounds like John Belasis is like so overly confident in getting his way uh that he's not too worried. But but there seems to be some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's like a negativity about John and Mariah in the same room together. Like they don't they they clearly know that they're not meant for each other. Where I think John, if 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 I were, in I don't think the, John cares though. Yeah, but and I like, think that's, he, I think he should though because all he wants is money. Right. Well, no, I don't think so. I think the way he sees it is just that, regardless of how she feels, they're getting married. Uh-huh. He's getting his fortune. That's yeah. That's he could all, care less if know? they actually get along in the moment. Go play the piano. You're you will right. be my property in a matter of months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get I think, that. And so he just keeps living his life. But she, we're going back in time in the episode. She mm-hmm. uses John's aunt as a means to get closer to Pope. Yeah. Because she's over having tea with Lady Brockenhurst. And Anne Trenchard mm-hmm. comes in to talk about something. We never find out officially what that is. I assume it's some Pope-related well, well, drama. No, she does con- con- confide to John later on that she was over there because she was worried that Trench or Brockenhurst is getting a little too loose-lipped with Pope. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like the, the secret of it all. So they wind up talking about going to visit Charles Pope at his office, and they say, wait, why, why, don't, why doesn't Mariah come along? And it seems as though Lady Brockenhurst is like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I like you. Come along, talk to this hunky mm-hmm. young man. Who is so chock full of charisma, the audience will love yeah. him. And then Anne's like, "Can I come too?" I'm like, yeah, I mm-hmm. guess I'll fine. Might, might as well. Uh, and yeah, all three women just waltz into to Charles Pope's office, and he's just explaining how like there's steam engines, the world's evolving. I'm going to be on top of this. And I yada, will yada. never use slave labor. Never. And cut to uh, John Blast is vis- visiting the Earl of Brockenhurst, um, you know, just to check in, like, what's going on. Yeah, no, he'd been tipped off that this visit was happening, so he times everything. By the help. Yep. Yep. So he times everything so that he walks in and they're already gone, but he knows where they're going. And he just kind of gets a little more information from, from old Wilkinson, the Earl, of, oh, where is it exactly? I'm going to be in that neck of the woods. Maybe I'll pop over. Mm-hmm. And sure enough... He's there. Say, what's yeah. up? Hey, ladies. Yeah, you know what's wild to me is how involved 
John Blasts the character is in, in this episode. Yeah, does he and, like, sleep? This, yeah, he is just absolutely doing everything at all times. The man isn't even on the poster for this show. And yet, he's probably the most prominent character mm-hmm. on this show thus far. It's kind of mystifying to me. Um, especially as, like, I know everyone talks about Charles Pope, but he's, like, front and center, and he cannot be any less interesting. Um, he, even the main poster has Oliver on it before John Belasis. <laughs> Oliver didn't want to be there, but he just happened to be wandering through at the time the photo was taken. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be, but Oliver just showed up there. And if you don't believe me, you can you can look up on IMDb. That, that's the primary posters, not the Belasis. Mm-hmm. So it seems as though Belasis just shows up to, to Pope's office and just sort of disturbs the pot for a minute and then then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> hey, remember me? I'm the one you're marrying. Hey, hey, Charles. Bye. And then he immediately goes home. And who's waiting for him at home? Susan. <laughs> He's uh-huh. like, all right, I got to do this too? What a day. Yeah. I'm swamped. Right. Right, because she's like, I need a, one more round. He's like, looks at his watch. All right, I, I like, got five I got, minutes. Yeah, I got Let's a little go. time. That's enough. <laughs> I got to go talk to your help in a couple minutes after that. Yeah, I think she's downstairs, so maybe I'll just give her a nickel and that'll be that. Yeah. But um, there's also, I mean, are we jumping over the conversation between Mariah and Pope? Or is that well, after? The one where they, they meet in the... the uh, public in the gardens yeah I think that's a little later or is later. it but we yeah, see another scene where where Miss Lady Grey Miss Grey is yeah, doubling down on Mariah and saying you will marry Belasis. uh huh and that's that's the bottom line cause Mama Mama Grey said so mhm and so she just knows that it's just not going to happen because mama don't want that to happen. Um, but yeah, she takes the risk to meet up with Pope in the park. And he, he says, you know, I'm a suitable suitor. I, I can do it. I just know I don't have the qualifications that you're looking for. And she's kind of taken aback. Like, are you actually a suitor for me? You haven't really declared your intentions. And then he tries to cut a promo as much as his actor is capable of doing which isn't much. He says, I'll fight dragons. Uh, I'll walk over coal. Yeah. Uh, he said, I step on a grenade for you. Throw my hand yeah. on a blade for you. He'll eat the, the hot one's wings for her. Uh, yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll drink X-Lax also, which is, that was a bit far. Um, but he, he's very dedicated. He, and we he's see that. It to her. She is into it too. Well, she also was very happy with his up-to-date map of India that he had in his office. Like, mm-hmm. She is very smitten with him as a, as a guy, like in his interests and the fact yeah. that they align. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she's making the case like, I don't want to marry this this John Bolasses guy. <laughs> yeah. But is what it is. Uh, but the mother is walking by and she says, you got, you got to go walk away. He's like, no, I can introduce myself. And she's like, I'm not prepared to have you introduce yourself as my lover. It's like, this guy only just declared his intentions to you. You're already going to the lover uh, levels here. And then he runs away, his top hat, hitting all the sticks and trees while the all the Carrying fauna, the flora, as he goes by. Yeah, that massive hat. 
And I hope I'll ask, like, who was that? that? It's a guy who was looking for the Queen's Gates. He's lost. Mm-hmm. Some dope. Yep. And, you know, we'll follow up on this. And I think that covers a lot of the, the Charles Pope of this episode. Still getting nothing from this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a big, big hole at the center of the show here. But an um, important hole. Everyone, like, he's he's undeniable. Everyone is enraptured by this fella, and there's just nothing. He's giving nothing. Steam trains. I'll fight dragons. What, did you just read like a fairy tale novel? Get out of here, man. Yeah, but he does that, and then Mariah Gray's like, I'm into you as well. It's not yeah. like he cuts this promo on her, and she's like, oh, no, I'm already betrothed to John Bolasis. I really shouldn't be doing this. She's like, I'm in. Yeah, there's no sweeping romance here. It's just kind of like, I like you, you like me. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Um, you would, and the one thing I feel like I'd hope with John Belasis and listeners, you know, give us your feelings. Not John Belasis, on, on Charles Pope. Listeners, give us your feelings on this guy. Is the way he doesn't really have much gravitas to him. Like, you'd think for a guy, I granted he was raised well, but he's coming from being adopted. He doesn't know who his parents are. You, you'd expect maybe there'd be a little bit of like, some roguish behavior to him that he's kind of had to pick himself up by his own bootstraps a little bit. Mm-hmm. I get none of that from this guy. He's entirely just like you wouldn't know he, he's from. Uh, he's he was raised by money. a preacher, if, right? He, he seems just well to do. All the, everything's perfect about this guy. It's not. It's, yeah, it's boring. <laughs> he's very plain, but you know, like there's no. He is the center of gravity of this show. I mean, or unless John Blastis is the one making a push for it. Yeah. <laughs> Just by showing up in every other scene. Yeah, he's the screen time theft thief. So. He w- he's too busy just doing stuff to actually appear on the poster for the show, actually. That- that's what yeah, really happened. He was, he was with Susan, even though I think she's on the poster. <laughs> yeah. He's under the dress, actually. Um, Maybe. Well, does that just leave the yeah. reverend? I mean, what is it? We, we see John and Anne arguing a little bit, again, about the Pope of it all, but there's not much movement with that relationship. They're mm-hmm. just not that happy of a couple. Yeah, the, the, the maternal figures have kind of really stepped back as this plot starts. Did I say John? I meant James. James, yeah. James, yeah. Uh, I know who you meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, um, Anne Trenchard and Lady Brockenhurst both seem to be accessories to the plot rather than movers of the plot and i know we've said that before but i feel like for a show that puts so much emphasis on Anne in episode one and lady brockenhurst in episode two the fact that we're two episodes later and they've become like side characters seems a little strange john belasis wasn't even the wasn't even in the first episode of the show (laughs) yeah the guy's a power player um or is he i don't know we'll get to the right we'll we'll find Uh, out but his dad is not a power player Right. I mean, his his dad is so low on the totem pole, he has to do his job, which is he has to give a sermon. Give a sermon, and we see in the crowd our man, the Earl, and Lady Brockenhurst. He's just yucking it up, the Earl. <laughs> He's having the time of his life watching his brother uh, stumble through this sermon that the actual Reverend wrote for him, mm-hmm. which was about gambling. And, and, and the money, of, the value of a dollar, and, and and money in relation to your faith. Yes, he he doesn't even know how to say the words. Like it, it pierces you, um, but it does not 
allude the Earl Brockenhurst to the dramatic irony here. This is hilarious to him. Yeah. Even after the fact, he, he, he's saying to him, uh, yeah, you know, maybe you should read uh, those sermons before you go up there and, and give them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, man, I really hate having to come out here and preach. Yeah. I'd rather it, gamble. Say, like, you, you know, you do your job once a year. Wow. <laughs> uh, you almost wonder, how did he even get that job, Stephen? Um, incredible. Well, I feel like there, uh, uh, there. I would that would be interesting to do some research about that. But the idea of him, well, he's able to have a wife, so it's not like a traditional um, pre-situation. But the fact that he's not the heir, like, what else yeah. was he gonna do? Mm-hmm. He just goes for like an easy job with the cloth, sure. you know. Well, I think he wanted to be a professional gambler, but that that did not work out. He didn't. Yeah, work, World it, Series of Poker didn't exist in in the early 1800s. <laughs> no, but the Earl of Brockenhurst, he's had a change of heart. He's like, I'll, I'll give you some money. It won't cover the whole amount, but just enough to get them off your tail. Yeah, and and Stephen seems like he doesn't know what to do because he's like, man, I know if I had one good hand, that's all I need to turn my whole life around. Well, yeah, he's relaying that after the fact to mm-hmm. uh, to John because he because John comes to visit him right after he gets this money. Also, we don't even hear Lady Brockenhurst say much at all during that. Uh, yeah, which is that, weird. That scene. <laughs> Not even like a comment about oh, I'm going to go see Charles Pope or something like that. It's it's as if uh, Julian wrote the book. I'm I'd be curious to see in the book if she was even there in the scene. Was mm-hmm. it just Earl Brockenhurst visiting his brother and then like, well, it'd be nice to have her around since she's on the set <laughs> there with her husband. Um, but anyways, though, yeah, as we were saying, Steve, Reverend Steve Belas is meeting with his son, and he does not mention that he was gifted money by his brother. Yeah, he goes out and of his way like, to not oh. mention that. Yeah, he he pauses for a moment, like you think he will, but no, and it's all on John Belasis to reveal, or to to be like, I gotta get him out, get you out of this. Obviously, you have to get this information. Mm-hmm. And we see he's so despicable. His own mother says. We don't have anything left to sell. All the family silver I've hid so your father doesn't pawn it off. To which mm-hmm. John says, where'd you hide it? And yeah. mom says, it's above above the dresser in a trunk. And then that no good son of a gun, John, later mm-hmm. steals it. Yeah. Uh just going back though to the bit though about the reverend talking talking to his son though because because yeah you say he says i just need one more hand uh it's just so funny to me he like he still thinks he can like gamble and, and come ahead and even john even says to him like if you hadn't gambled we wouldn't be in this situation man mm-hmm. <laughs> stop it dad enough is uh, enough and even then like the mom has a sniper out about it like the black monday the day rent is due <laughs> Uh, you got to watch out for that. But, yeah, I, I mean, Steve said he got Schmidt off his back because the Captain Black won't lend him money after he asked it back. And mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like John believes him. Uh, but, I don't know. They're, they're all just racking up money, it sounds like. Yeah. And John's going to go Without do something much. with his mother's, his family's silver. Right. I mean, will he even tell his dad about it? I don't, know. I don't think. I mean, it seems like they're keeping stuff from each other for whatever reason at this point. Seems like yeah. like the whole point of it is lost in this obsession with Charles Pope. A little bit. 
Uh, well, it just seems like a much to do. Well, it's much to do about something, but all the mechanisms that get them to be to be caring about it seems a bit contrived, somewhat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all it's all wrapped up in his brother, who's already paid off. But uh, you know, that's Julian. A lot a lot to do about nothing. Um, good episode. I think that covers everything that happened in this episode. Yeah, I think it was very solid. I think, like I said, it, it it feels like it steps up right to the line of doing something important and then doesn't do something important. Mm-hmm. So I think I wanted a little bit more from it, especially with only two episodes left. But this is definitely the roller coaster going up to the peak, and we're about to drop into the the wild between yeah. the Reverend having to go choose between paying his debt or gambling that one last hand, and the Pope's secret coming out. There's a lot in these left two last two weeks. That is a good point, Dave. Like, does he take that money and pay off the debtors, or does he take that money and think, "Well, I can pay off my whole debt if I just gamble"? Yeah, he definitely. Bit. I don't think he's gonna pay it to the debtors. I think he's gonna go try to spend it because he still thinks the other money is going to come through with John. Maybe. Um, yeah, solid, solid episode this week. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And it took us all of. Uh, we're at 40 minutes now man they're really these episodes really are packed yeah considering they're like 45 minutes i gotta i love the episode length of the show Uh, yeah it's just right uh i mean it gives us more to chew on than some episodes of the crown oh definitely uh power rankings dave yeah who's going down going down to number three i got ms gray mariah gray's mom she only wants one thing and she spends the whole episode saying, you got to do this. And her daughter's like, nah, I'm not going to do it. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like she's going to do it. Yeah. Well, at number three going down, I got Susan. Number three, uh, okay. She she thinks everything's just hunky-dory for herself. But, newsflash, she's a little bit pregnant. <laughs> uh, and she isn't getting much information out of her family. She's not endearing herself as much as you'd think. It's just not a strong week for Susan. Mm-hmm. I, I get that. I agree. Oh, number two, I got the the Reverend, old Steve Balassus. Because okay. this dude, like, it's not getting any easier for him. This guy in the beginning basically says, evil, says, you ain't, you ain't got nothing to your name. You're unreliable. Get out of my house. I'm not lending you money. Mm-hmm. And then he spends the whole episode sort of bumbling around. He gets made a fool of by his brother. Who catches him on the job. His pride is put on the line. But then his brother gives him the money. So he can't be a total loser. Because the money is in his hands to decide what to do with. So. It's fair. I wouldn't put him at number one. Because he has yet to decide what to do with that money. On the other side of the coin. I got John Blasses at number two. Okay. This This guy is just bleeding money everywhere he goes. He's just tossing it away to get some scraps of information there's no telling if it's going to be worthwhile mm-hmm. and it seems like he's digging himself a, a, a grave with the information that he'll uncover uh, and he does not get any moments to rest at all uh, it's just it's been stressful for John Belasis I think well at least he's letting off steam with Susan that's true he does have that also every time I say John Belasis I just want to say Jambalaya <laughs> they just really sound too close together Jambalaya it's, it's funny because we've had our conversation in, in the Lords of Grantham Lounge and our Patreon group about how Julian really likes to keep a lot of his same name types with the mm-hmm. Trenchard and Brockenhurst and and uh, even like Pope. But yeah. Balassus is a lot of uh, sounds that we're not used to from the Julian sort of oral aesthetic. A lot of gusto behind it. Yeah. 
Well, going down number one. Speaking of John Velasquez, I got Susan at at the the bottom of the barrel this week. Oh. Okay. She's 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 pregnant, and I mean that that is yeah. enough. We know from our history of our shows between Poldark and Downton yeah. what happens when you get pregnant out of wedlock. Not a good look. Then you throw in the fact that she's got to go go to Glanville. And yeah. she hates Glanville, and she doesn't get anything done in Glanville. And then also throw in the fact that she's just like basically put on the payroll of John Belasis without getting any of the money. She doesn't get any of the glory, yeah. but she's doing all the hard work. And it and like you just see Oliver, who I can't put him in any ranking because he's just a bum. But well, I mean, I'm not putting him at number one. Go, he's he's absolutely number one going down. Oliver, you can't put him at a ranking. I'm absolutely putting him at number one. This guy's a loser through and through, and he proves it every. Yeah, but he's week a nepo baby. Like things aren't that bad for him. I mean, he he does say this episode. There's no way I can get out of this relationship with with Susan. And it's like, well, he's about to have a reason to maybe get out of it. But it, it, like, yeah, he's a little bit happier at Glanville, I guess. But at the same time, the guy just complains about Charles Pope all the time. Does he's, nothing to help his case. Does he uh, yeah. te- does he team up with uh, Belasus in the next episode in the ultimate? Who, you know, the guy he, banging your wife could. and you on the same team without realizing it? That would be it. Irony uh, of the decade. Oh, Julian right would there. chuckle to himself all day long writing that plot. This cuck has to work with the the guy who's with his wife. Whew. Um, but Oliver's a loser. I'm sorry. He he, he deserves to be number one going down. Yeah, he's, I just can't give it to him because he's such a nothing and the he's just a whiner. He's, I'm going to my something. room. Bring my dinner to my room. And he's got that pasty skin. Gosh, man, get some sun. Um, oh, Julian really won the lottery when he found. Found the guy uh, Richard Goulding to play Oliver. He's perfect. Yeah. So who do you got going up? Well, number three, he's suddenly flush with cash. Reverend Stephen Belasis. This guy <laughs> was on his last dime. Flush and with cash. We, it's not enough to cover his debt. Doesn't matter. He just needs one good hand, Dave. <laughs> he, the you know fortune favors the brave. This guy's got one more hand in him. We'll see what it, where, where okay. the cards fall next week. All right. Well, on that note, I have his brother, the Earl, at number three because okay. this dude is in hog heaven, watching his dope mm-hmm. addict brother make a fool yeah. of himself and be a total hypocrite with this sermon about the value of a dollar and and how mm-hmm. you know it's ungodly to want money. And then he immediately he's like, "Hey, dude, you know I had to change your heart. I'm sorry. I was hard on you. I love you. You're my brother." Yeah. Here's a couple bucks to get you out of the hole. I think it's a noble mm-hmm. thing to do, and he didn't have to do it. No, I, I almost thought the same thing for him, but he's the one who lost the money. So I don't right, think he cares, Stephen though. Ah, I think he does. Um, well, number two going up, I got Mariah Gray. Okay. Uh, you know, as much, as much as she can't be with Charles Pope, this is the first time I think I've seen her actually take up some space on the show in a meaningful way to make me take notice like oh she actually does care about this guy on some level mm-hmm. and it's more it's less the chemistry that she has with him so much as the way she's a little bit more defiant towards her mom and and saying like i want to do this or that and even in standing up to charles Pope, be like no you need to bounce okay i'm going to talk to mom thanks bye um she has backbone yeah and she, she had the uh, comment to her mom when her mom is like I didn't even meet your father until the day we were married or the day we were engaged. Mm-hmm. And she goes, so I should use your 
relationship as an example for how I should act going forward. And, and mom is like, oh, man, you got me gut punch. <laughs> uh, and I like how she just strolled right into Charles Pope's office like, oh, hey, bro. <laughs> hey, you like Come me. Around. I like you. Also, I don't know what it was this episode. Her eyes are distracting. The actress, uh, Parnell, uh, she's got gigantic eyes, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, like, I know we're talking about UFOs in the news and everything recently, but Ella Purnell wouldn't be shocked if she was from from another planet. Oh, sure. She's got big eyes. Sure. Gigantic eyes. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Dave, well, who's going up? At number two, I got Ellis and Turton. Okay. They're going for the bag. They say, give us, these do- give us a nickel and dime whenever you can. And they're saying... Yeah. We'll cover each other's back on the job so we can go do our side hustle of snitching on the family to John Belastis, even though we don't know anything about what's going on. You know, like they really don't yeah. do anything effective. You know, they're just there mm-hmm. giving breadcrumbs. They said as soon as the breadcrumbs run out, the money runs out. So let's just keep the breadcrumbs coming and we're good. And that's exactly what they do. They keep the breadcrumbs coming. Well, for that same reason, I got Turton going up. He he's just getting his cash. He's getting paid. He's he's giving them just enough scratches of information mm-hmm. to to keep earning a little bit more. Good for him. And he's also the one there to be like, "Spear, you ain't too safe. I know a thing or two." I'm Turton. Turton. <laughs> he's Mister Turton. Uh, I like the guy. I like him a lot. All right. Well, all the way at the top for me. Say what you will about him, but he's the center of the universe. It's Charles Pope. Oh, get out this of here. dude is he's he's officially won over the best female in this of this world of this you know mm-hmm. social circle unlike in in gilded age where our young female dynamic lead is not dynamic and has nothing to offer mariah gray is is very interesting and engaging and she he basically like you say he cuts this promo on her that's you know, he's singing Bruno Mars to her, and and she she bites, and she's like, "I like you too. Let's go for it." And then everyone yeah. is obsessed with him, and you you know, all these people are whispering his name. He's in Hog Heaven right, right now. I think it's the same thing. By the same token, where you think Oliver is a nothing, I think Charles is a nothing. Like, don't I, don't even. Need I guess so. I, okay, that's fine. I respect that. So there we are with our rankings. Okay. Yeah. Well, Dave, anything else uh, you've been watching? Uh, nothing really outside of the norm. Uh, I did go to Philadelphia, and I did get to go to the Disney 100 exhibit at the Franklin Institute, which was pretty cool. Which oh, is, okay. Uh, what was going on there? Uh, it's just a traveling, I guess. I don't know. when it, It's leaving Philadelphia this month, but it's just a traveling mm. sort of ode to the 100 years of Disney and not really kid friendly, which I can get behind as an adult, but it was also kind of uh it didn't really know what it was. Like okay. there was some cool like animation cells from the old movies and there's a nice little history of Walt mm-hmm. and and all of his stuff, but they you know, Disney obviously controls the narrative and in that I think they lose a lot of the the chaos of Disney being like a chain smoker and died too early and some of his ideas might not have been great well they're never going to show that stuff oh no not at all but there was i mean there was one little bit in the beginning about how he lost um oswald the rabbit to to universal mm-hmm. and he says that uh 
after that happened, Walt vowed to never, never lose any of his IP ever again. And it's like, okay, when you're talking about the SAG strike and the the writer strike, where we're all worried about like, you know, these people are doing everything for the for a little bit more money, and you can see if Walt were still kicking today, he'd probably be like, screw these actors, I made them. Yeah. The evil has, empire. But, you know, with that being said, the magic of the Disney was there. A lot of cool Star Wars props, Marvel props. Uh, Winnie the Pooh from Christopher Robin was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty cool. What about you? You watch anything good? No, I, I watched a couple of things, but honestly, I haven't sat down to watch too much. I was in Boston in Cambridge last week and uh, for, for work and stuff. And no. I, you know, I'm still consuming everything as always, but like it's just trying to stay on top of shows. Between uh, again, it's been an ongoing onslaught of watching The Bear, <laughs> uh, Extraordinary Attorney Wu, uh, Better Call Saul, Righteous Gemstones, and Sex and the City. This new season of Sex and the City is great. <laughs> it was good. Wasn't the last uh, one like kind it, of bland? Last one, last one was terrible. It's bounced back. Okay, they're back, baby. They're back in the city and they're they're doing it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> and Justified, Justified came back, watched the premiere of that. Too much TV. Too much. I've finished Secret Invasion. Worst show I've ever seen. One of the worst shows I've ever seen. Worst so, Marvel show? Ah, by a significant margin, yeah. I did talk to somebody in Philly about how after Moon Knight, I'm, I'm treading lightly on the Marvel TV, and I don't think I have any faith in, in those. I'm, the trailer for... The trailer for Loki season two looks good, actually. Yeah, uh, I mean we we have yet to figure out what what's going on with with Mr. Jonathan Majors. Like we seem to. <laughs> who cares? He's a terrible person. I think <laughs> that's true. Um, so yeah, stay away from the Marvel TV is my my recommendation. Watch Belgravia. Uh, watch Belgravia. <laughs> watch these British period dramas that we're flush with. Um, until then, you know where to find us: Twitter, <laughs> X. Instagram. <laughs> nope uh, Facebook uh, com. leave us a five star rating review on our iTunes if uh, in anywhere you get your podcast if you so choose uh, our Patreon's out there if you want to talk with us on Lords Grantham Lounge we'll do some bonus stuff sometime in our live um, and yeah we have a whole pod being a website of our, our older episodes too you can just surf through if you don't want to search in your podcast you know browser and I think that's pretty much it for this week Dave sure All right, we'll catch you next time.